Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Good morning. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of August in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, in a rare move, the UK's competition regulator says it's reconsidering Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of Activision. The UK-based chip designer Arm files for the biggest stock market listing of the year in the United States. And reports emerge that Elon Musk told Pentagon officials he spoke to Vladimir Putin. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Microsoft has submitted a new deal to the UK's competition regulator over its acquisition of Activision. In a statement, the company said the restructured deal is substantially different to the one that was rejected last year. The software giant is eyeing Activision's large catalogue of hit titles as it seeks to expand into mobile gaming. The $69 billion offer announced last year would make this the largest tech acquisition ever. The UK's biggest tech company, Arm, has filed to list its shares on the Nasdaq in what's set to become the biggest US stock market launch of the year. Its owner, SoftBank, is expected to seek a valuation of $60 to $70 billion for the chip designer. Phil Hazlitt, the co-founder of Equity Zen, a marketplace for pre-IPO equity, says investors will be watching closely. It serves as a bit of a bellwether for how much do people really think AI is worth and how valuable is it to the people selling the picks and shovels. NVIDIA has certainly indicated that it's worth a lot, but ARM will be yet another bellwether and kind of indicate if there are other companies that are building on top of this new AI foundation, they can perform well in this market as well. Because we honestly haven't seen a large tech IPO in the last, say, two plus years. And, you know, we had kind of the SPACpocalypse that happened in 2021, 2022. And so that's not really available anymore. Growth fundings are down. So I know that there's a lot of investors and a lot of founders and CEOs that are eager to see if this is a new channel for for fundraising. As Phil Hazlitt hinted there, the initial offering is poised to be the largest in the US since the electric vehicle maker Rivian in 2021. The Nasdaq listing is a blow for British politicians who had lobbied the homegrown tech firm to sell its shares on the London Stock Exchange. SNP has followed Moody's in downgrading the and cutting the outlook for a slew of US banks. The ratings agency lowered grades one notch for six lenders, including Keycorp, Comerica and UMB. The SNP says declining deposits have squeezed liquidity while consu- customers moving their funds into higher interest accounts has pushed up costs for banks. Ten-year Treasury yields touched the highest level since 2007 yesterday as markets reprice for rates remaining higher for longer. Nominal and real yields have risen sharply in recent months and a sign that traders are bracing for tight monetary policy. 
Former Federal Reserve economist Claudia Sam says markets are finally getting the message. I don't think the Fed looks at this as some structural shift again, and I don't think the market should either, necessarily. Like, we might be moving, in, we might be in and continue to be in a higher interest rate environment. I think it's actually hard to make that case right now. You know, so it's like you want to look out, you know, years. Like, I think it'll take years for us to get back down uh, to, you know, the interest rates really coming down, the Fed funds are coming down. The Sam Consulting founder added it's an unknown how long it will take to bring inflation down. The longer term market is shifting on that point as fears of a US recession ebb and debt supply surges. Charles Schwab will cut jobs and close or downsize offices to save at least $500 million in annual costs as investor pressure mounts. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Word came in a regulatory filing. It is the latest step by the brokerage to respond to investor pressure. The company said it will close or downsize some real estate and reduce headcount. Schwab said earlier this month that it was experiencing temporarily lower net flows of client money as the brokerage sees attrition of some retail and advisory clients' assets while it integrates TD Ameritrade into its business. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. China is ramping up efforts to support the yuan and stop a sell-off from spiralling. The PBOC fixed the value of the currency far stronger than the market expected as the economy struggles. HSBC head of APAC equity strategy, Harold van der Linde, says no stimulus bazooka is coming. China has, is, is, is a difficult position in a sense because on the one hand, a large part of the economy, which is infrastructure and property, is about, say, 35-40% of your economy. They don't really want to go and stimulate that. That's been done in the past. That's where the bad debt has ended up. They don't want to do that. They probably have to do more, but they don't want to maybe use all their stimulus in one go at the very beginning of this process. There needs to be debt rescheduling taking place. So I, my suspicion is they're going to do this very, very carefully. Harold van der Linde added he sees market sentiment as extremely poor. Foreign investors are pessimistic after a prolonged appreciation driven by low yields and increasingly shake, an increasingly shaky economy. The CEOs of Britain's biggest companies saw an above-inflation pay rise last year but still earned less than before the pandemic. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts reports. The bosses of the UK's biggest companies saw their pay jump by 16% last year. According to research by the High Pay Centre, median pay for FTSE 100 CEOs increased to just over £3.9 million. That's still £70,000 short, though, of pay packages seen in 2017. The analysis comes amid soaring inflation that's prompted workers in a number of industries to go on strike. The latest figures also come as some say the UK is becoming a less attractive place to do business. The report also also found the gap between bosses and workers has widened, with the average top CEO now paid 118 times more than the typical full-time employee. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. And it's been reported that Elon Musk told Pentagon officials he had personally spoken with Vladimir Putin in October. According to The New Yorker, Musk volunteered the information while briefing military personnel about the role of his Starlink internet service in Ukraine. Officials were of the view that the SpaceX CEO was becoming nervous about his role in the war and wanted to placate Russian concerns by speaking with the president. In the same month, the billionaire denied communicating with Putin, tweeting that they had not spoken for 18 months. 
months. Those are your top stories on the programme. On the markets, the S, the stocks 600 is up by half of 1%. The FTSE 100 is two tenths higher. And on Wall Street, S&P E-minis are a tenth of 1% higher. Well, let's get more details now on that story about Microsoft submitting a new deal to the UK's competition regulator for its acquisition of Activision. The restructured deal, the regulator says, is substantially different to the one that was rejected last year. The software giant is eyeing Activision's large catalogue of hit titles as it seeks to expand into mobile gaming. The $69 billion offer announced last year would make this the largest tech acquisition ever. We're joined now to discuss by Sarah Cardell, the Chief Executive of the Competition and Markets Authority. Uh, Sarah, good morning to you. Thank you very much for being with us on Bloomberg Radio. What's different about this new offer from Microsoft? Yeah, so there are, there are actually two developments that we're announcing today. The first, importantly, is that we have finalised the legal order that confirms our prohibition decision in relation to the original Microsoft uh, deal. And then, as you say, separately, Microsoft have announced today a new restructured deal, which is uh, substantially different from the deal that was previously on the table. And the key difference is that this time, Microsoft will not be acquiring any of the cloud streaming rights in relation to Activision's games for the next 15 years. Now, you might remember that the main reason uh, why we blocked the deal originally was because we were concerned about the impact on competition in this important new market for cloud gaming. Uh, instead of Microsoft acquiring those rights in relation to cloud streaming, those rights will separately be sold by Activision to an independent gaming company, Ubisoft. So that creates quite a different transaction for us to review. And today we're announcing uh, the start of a new investigation where we'll consider the impact of that deal on competition. What will this deal need to prove to you for you to be able to approve it? So we have been clear all along that it is absolutely critical to keep this new a developing market for cloud gaming open to effective competition to support innovation, to support choice. We had a real concern previously that Microsoft would be able to control the way that that market was going to develop. What we see with this new deal, and we will have to test it carefully through our review, but what we see from the announcement today is that rather than Microsoft being able to control how those cloud streaming rights are used, uh, that control will shift to an independent company and Ubisoft will be able, for example, to enter into all sorts of licensing deals with other cloud streaming providers, supporting importantly different kinds of business models, for example, multi-grain subscription services or enabling cloud service providers to offer their content over a non-Windows operating system. So we will be testing carefully whether that does deliver on keeping that market open to competition, supporting innovation and choice. The CMA and its initial assessment of the previous offer from Microsoft had differed from regulators in the European Union and the outcome of uh, the decision in the United States as well on this deal. Has the CMA bowed to international pressure to get this deal approved? The, uh, The regulator faced quite significant criticism from the parties over its rejection of the original offer. So the CMA stands by our original decision. And as I say, we have actually confirmed the legal effect of that original prohibition decision today. We have been very clear to Microsoft uh, when it raised the possibility of restructuring the deal that any restructure would need to fully and comprehensively address our concerns. It would need to go through a new review, a new investigation. That's what we are launching today. And we will assess the impact of that new deal on competition, making sure that we protect UK gamers and keep that market open to competition. How long should that investigation take? 
So the first phase of that investigation uh, would be due to be completed by the 18th of October. Uh, we obviously have a lot of information that we already have through our prior investigation, so we'll be moving forward with this as quickly and as efficiently as we can, but making sure that we have a full opportunity to test this deal and hear from third parties. Now, Microsoft's president, Brad, Brad Smith, had described it as being bad for Britain on your original blocking of the deal. What sort of dialogue have you had with the company since then that has led them to submit this restructured offer? So Microsoft uh, indicated that they were interested in exploring a restructured deal to address our concerns. And as I say, we have been very clear with them that in order to do that, they would need to come up with something that was substantially different and fully and comprehensively addressed our competition concerns. The announcement from Brad Smith today indicates he believes they have done that. And obviously, it will be for us to review that through the investigation that we're starting today. Has the CMA been damaged by this? I think the CMA is in an incredibly positive position, actually, because we have been clear that we are protecting competition in the UK. That has forced Microsoft to rethink the deal structure and come up with a deal that they believe addresses our concerns. So I think it puts the CMA and the UK in a very good position. What's the difference for UK consumers with this restructured offer? So we will need to test this uh, very carefully, obviously, through our investigation. Uh, But it appears that this creates the possibility to really open up this market. And certainly looking at the statement from Ubisoft today, they have been clear that this creates new opportunities to bring cloud gaming to a much wider range of users and players. Will the rights for the games in question being different in the EEA and the rest of the world, is that something that consumers of these products are likely to see a difference over? So I don't think it will have any impact on the, the user experience. Uh, Microsoft have been clear that they want to continue to honour the commitments that they have given to the European Commission, but the user experience should be un- unaffected. What's the message that uh, politicians should take away from this as well? Your organisation has taken on a much greater regulatory role since Brexit because so much of the competition policy was being uh, set and determined out of Brussels previously. Does the CMA need more resources to be able to make big decisions like this in the future? The CMA is very well resourced to take on these kind of decisions. And the message really to everybody is that the CMA will review every transaction that we consider carefully, thoroughly, objectively, and we will make sure that we protect competition in the market for the UK consumers. Is the UK a good place for tech companies to be doing business from a regulatory point of view? I think the UK is a very good place for tech companies to be doing business, yes. Okay, Sarah Cardell, Chief Executive of the Competition and Markets Authority, thank you very much for joining us on Bloomberg Radio this morning as we've had that breaking news that Microsoft has submitted a new deal uh, to be reviewed by the CMA for its acquisition of the games maker Activision. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe.
From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.